Life are filled with adventure, and Go Go Squeeze is there for every run, jump, step of the way. Made from wholesome ingredients like 100% fruit and veggies, real yogurt, and no artificial anything. In Go Anywhere pouches, so our kids can keep going wherever their adventures take them. Go Go Squeeze, you make the memories, we'll make the snacks. Find us in the applesauce aisle. Yo, what's good, extended fam? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. <laughs> yeah. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I recommend a computer. We're professionals here. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Try to catch me slipping there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Chip. Brothers, brothers, we're happy singing and we're colored. Colored, we're happy singing and we're brothers. Brothers, we're happy singing and we're colored. Colored, we're happy singing and we're brothers. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Law 700. And this is the podcast, brothers, episode 152. Kelly Drake's favorite podcast, Fresco Ben Famous, will not be joining us this week. But it's just me holding it down. I got a special guest joining me. But before I introduce the guests, I want to say I appreciate those who have subscribed to the Podcast Brothers monthly subscription. It's on Anchor. Um, we appreciate that. And the money that you guys have contribute will definitely go to expanding the brand. For those that want to subscribe to us through Anchor and contribute just a little bit of change, you can definitely, um, I'll have the link in the description. So look at your iPhone or Android phone and click on our episode. And in the description, you can just scroll down, scroll down, and you'll see where it says to support the podcast, brothers. We gratefully appreciate it. Now, we're going to get right into it. I have a special guest in the building. If I'm correct, which I'm probably not, you heard this fabulous woman. On episode 35, maybe? And we're on episode 151. This is like the return of the legends. We had Will Folsky on last week, and he was on episode 11 or 12. But now we have a special guest joining us for episode 151. She is a author. And I hope I said it right. I get it mixed up with the name Arthur and Arthur. Healthy living expert a wellness coach, host of the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance show. Ladies and gentlemen, my aunt and the gym dropper herself, Samut A. Scott, a.k.a. Mama Yoga. Yay. Hey, Flo. What's up, like that? baby? That was, listen, you got to be my hype man, dude. That's what's <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody out there. Peace and love. Peace and love. It's been a while since you've been on the platform with the podcast, brothers. Um, that was one. And if I remember, there were so many people who listened to that episode. And I just remember people saying, man, she's just dropping gems on the floor. It's just so much information mm-hmm. that you were just giving out, man. And mm-hmm. um, we're talk, we'll talk about it, but you have your own podcast. And me being the... Um, the recorder, the producer, mm-hmm. the engineer of the show. I just sit there in awe when I listen to the podcast because I think you're talking about me yeah. every time. 
But um, how are you, though? How's everything? Everything is good. You know, I live in a place uh, where um, my focus is always joy uh, and to see how I can see the bright side of things. That don't mean I don't have challenges mm. and um, am not tested by this thing we call life because I am sufficiently and well tested. Uh, but I choose um, to always just look at um, what is lovely about life because focusing on what's negative brings you more negativity <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying if somebody was to just randomly ask you mm-hmm. how's your day regardless how it's going your reply is i'm fabulous darling uh, gotcha gotcha <laughs> that's gonna be on my tombstone i'm fabulous darling <laughs> i was always i was always stuck between a rock and a hard place thinking well how is somebody supposed to actually know what's going on or help you if you don't tell them the truth right i was always stuck between there but now with the yeah. energy that i'm receiving from you know you like you're not the only person that i've heard say that mm-hmm. and it's just like you know what mm-hmm. maybe you just need to say hey i'm fabulous or come up with your own word to ascribe a certain form of positive energy right um can you this wasn't on the docket, but since we're here, like explain to us the importance of that, though. Yeah, I think you bring some good points up, Flaw, in that, you know, the statement that how are somebody going to know how to help you mm-hmm. if you don't tell them what's going on? There's a time and a place for that. Okay. In a random meeting, you don't want to just be spewing, you know, your troubles to somebody that's saying, how are you? Because really, it's a courtesy. Okay. It's, they don't really, they ain't really trying to figure out what's <laughs> going really on care. with you. Right. Uh, Les Brown said it best, you know, 80% uh, don't want to hear and 20% is glad as you <laughs> in terms of your okay. troubles. Mm. So it's really like a, it's just a greeting. How are you? You know, to show a sense of humanity and a mm. sense of caring towards someone. So in a, in a chance meeting, no, nobody really wants you to tell them what's going on. But to your tribe, to your friends, to your family, to those that hold you down, you want to just let them know, listen, I'm struggling a little bit over here. Yes, I'm, I'm joyful. I'm, it's not, it, it hasn't beat my spirit. But I'm struggling over here. That's who you share that with. Gotcha. And, you know, and then, you know, you don't want to browbeat them about it either because they got their own stuff going on. They got their own stuff going on. Everybody does, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah. um, I definitely want to get away from that type of energy to where everybody's competing on who has the worst life. I know, right? I'm not here to, okay, you got something going on. Fine. So Mm -hmm. do I. I like. It depends on how you deliver it to me, though. If, if you're right. delivering it to me in a sense that I need to help you, right. or it's it's something's my fault because no, you've been feeling this way before you ran into me. That's right. Don't put this on me. Right. So I think it's all in the conversation as well. So yeah, you know what? I'm going to. I'm fabulous. I don't want to. I'm not going to say fabulous. No, but, don't say fabulous. Flaw. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna come but, up with a new you'll word. Come up with a word. But when you people know. ask me how am I doing, you know what I say though? I say life is good. Yeah. People say, hey, how's everything? Or how life, are you? Life, life is, is good, good. and that's you? right. Imagine coming up to somebody or somebody coming up to you and you say, how are you? And they say, oh, my rent is due and mm. my kids ain't well and my just found out my son is sick. And did you know so-and-so got out of jail yesterday? Those are people that I talk about in my podcast episode called Victims and Vampires. Mm. You, That's not an energy that you want to be. You want to get away from that energy as quickly as you can, you know, because what can you do to help them right then and there? 
You know, and that person obviously is carrying a lot of weight, a lot of heaviness, a lot of negativity. You can bless them with love and, and you know, good intention all as much as you can, but you really need to kind of move on. And it's, I guess it's like you want to see how that person handles their situation. Right. You can have a sick kid, sure. uh, ill child, sure. ill parent. Sure. But if you're upbeat about it, yeah. it's not that bad. Right. We might become friends because right. I see how you're handling it. That's I might right. want to assist. That's but if right. you're coming to me with it firsthand, that's right. I'm seeing that you, you're, this is your situation, that's not right. mine. That's right. And you're not even handling and it And why do I want to tie that anchor why, around right. my neck as well, you know? It we, takes a lot, I'm sorry, I don't mean know, to cut you. It takes a lot of strength to still maintain your levity in the face of life's onslaught. Mm, that mm. is a person who is riding the stream of what we call God. When you are just, you know, listen, I'm not defeated. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, this shit is crazy. Can I say shit? Mama yes, Yoga's on yes, the you air. Can. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Right? This is crazy what I'm going through, but it's not, it hasn't broken my spirit. That's a person who's walking with strength. And that's somebody people want to be around. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like I said, I was balancing that for a long time, but I definitely get the message now. Um, like you said, with your tribe, if you don't have a tribe, If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, Save that for somebody that you trust, Mm -hmm. somebody or some people that is in your inner circle or that you're close to. But not everybody should be should have access to what's really going on. Right. And that's okay. Right. So while we're at it. This type of conversation you can definitely hear on the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance show. This is a podcast that Mama Yoga started, and I truly enjoy this podcast. I actually record the podcast. I'm the mm-hmm. producer of it. That's right. But this is a great podcast, and I love when podcasts have a theme because it's easy for people like me who like is heavy on social media. It's easy to market. It's easy to target an audience and say, hey, I know what you're looking for. I got it. Mm-hmm. So when Mama Yoga said, hey, Flo. I want to start a podcast. I want to join the Audio Fam Network. And I said, well, what you got? And she described to me her podcast. And I said, yeah, this is it. This is going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. So please describe to the listeners what the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance show is about. Well, um, it is the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance show is really a, a repository for my nearly 30 years of being a uh, whole person prosperity coach. Mm-hmm. You know, prosperity in your uh, personal life, in your health, in your finances, in your well-being. Uh, over the years, like I said, nearly 30 years of teaching spiritual science, of teaching uh, and 
uh, teaching and imparting how to use nutrition to keep your mind, body, energy in a, in a buoyant space, how to use spiritual science and crystals and herbs and all of these healing modalities to keep you, you know, vibrant. Mm-hmm. And so the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance Show is uh, a place where we talk about all those different ways of keeping yourself vital and strong. And so the topics range from, you know, uh, as I say, victims and vampires, people who are around you that's sucking the life force out of you, to maintaining your tribe and, and how to know, uh, you know, to connect with your tribe, to how to manage your money and mm-hmm. how to use spiritual energy to increase and open up your vibration for financial wealth. Everything that is relevant to a person's success in life using spiritual and practical understanding. That's what the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance Show is. And now say this. Not everybody's going to agree with what you say or do, Mm -hmm. no matter how much you've studied, no matter Mm -hmm. how much research you've done. Mm -hmm. And you could think that everything you're saying is 100% golden because I got it from the source of the source that I got it from. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, I have not heard anyone say Mama Yoga's tripping. Mm-hmm. Anybody that <laughs> listens to this podcast, they say Mama Yoga's right. Mm-hmm. She's spot on. Mm-hmm. I like Mama Yoga. And those are some of the things that you have to just uh, keep an eye or ear open for when you're actually in the teaching form. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is how I like to do things. Right. I'm saying this is going to work for you. But right. Here's a method that I uh decided to take and I saw and I saw what it can do for people mm-hmm. and it just people just welcome it with open arms so like I said nobody's like oh my god I can't believe you're telling people to eat that not saying that you do right but once again I haven't heard nobody knock what you do right well there are people who don't agree and that's yeah. fine that's all good I'm not talking to them right you know all right here come the projects <laughs> I ain't talking to them. It's fine. You don't have to agree. Like, we're in a society now where, uh, you know, we're in an outrage culture. And people are in the space where they're like, if you don't agree and co-sign who I am, then you should be canceled. Or you shouldn't have a platform. Or you shouldn't have a space to speak. That's kind of, that's ludicrous, Mm -hmm. right? Because... Truth be told, there are 7 billion people on the planet, and there are 7 billion ways of understanding the reality. Not to cut you off, but you want to know what I just figured out, honestly, and it, mm. had, and it, and it helped me understand mm. that even you and I are sitting here, we can look out this glass door yep. and see what we see and see two different things. Yep, we, that's and right. And argue about what we see. That's right. But if I see what I see, mm-hmm. that's for me. Right. And for those that aren't looking to see anything, they're looking for me to teach them what I saw, mm-hmm. I can teach them what I saw. And then you'll listen to the podcast and say, no, 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 that's not what was there this mm-hmm. is what was there and then you'll have your own legion right. of people so i've saw that like mm-hmm. you can get into a debate an argument with somebody over things that you think was really there mm-hmm. to that person it really wasn't what's that thing with the dress where they ask you is it blue or gold right right right, depends right. on what you see honestly right. and it depends on the day <laughs> <laughs> obviously we're seeing two different colors because right. i saw the debate something is gold something is blue yeah but that's something that i've learned especially when it comes to dealing with people man mm-hmm. you can argue till you blue in the face mm-hmm. i know what i saw mm-hmm. i know what i felt a lot mm-hmm. of arguments especially like music arguments yeah uh, movie arguments mm-hmm. where 
you might have information about an artist who probably didn't do as well as another artist, but mm-hmm. then you're arguing that this artist fell off. Yeah. It's not that they fell off, but they had X, Y, and Z going on. Mm-hmm. Well, how you know that? Yeah. Some, I got the information from where I got the information from. My eyes, me mm-hmm. watching people. I'm a studier of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My relationship Knowledge comes from more of watching than me doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's normal. Right. But I've seen mm-hmm. people and how they act, and I get my information from there. Mm-hmm. So my arguments can just become from what I feel and what I saw and what how it was perceived inside of me. Yeah. Does I that mean, make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it's relevant and it's relative because our perception is a composite of our life experience. Mm-hmm. So just what you just said, I, I, I observe something, I watch, and then it resonates and I feel it a certain way in my energy and my body and my consciousness. I saw this, this resonated with me a certain way. That's all colored by the person, the conditioned experiences of life that you have now be, that now make up flaw, all of that's colored by that perspective. You know, just like I was listening to, I think it was a podcast where uh, actually Malcolm Gladwell was uh, on The Breakfast Club. Okay. And he was talking about um, the fact that um, people, uh, if somebody, the society is now focusing on um, individual racist acts as opposed to racist policies, right? But the reality is, if a person has that type of behavior at home, let me back up a little bit, because what he was saying was that if somebody has an uh, offensive poster or flag on their wall, that shouldn't be relevant if they are a police officer because what the problem is is the policy and not their personal behavior, Am I making sense? Okay. But the reality of it is, is that personal behavior is affecting the person's um, actions as a cop. Okay. Or as a judge or as a business owner. Their personal perspective is um, informing the way in which they deal with people of color or people of a different, different ethnicity and so on. So I think you can't really separate your experiences from your perspective, unless you are like a trained Jedi master mm. guru, you know, yogi, this because what that's what that is. Yeah. I'm a reader of all people. Yeah. And I, I can separate my personal experiences from my, uh, I can be objective okay. when engaging with them as opposed to subjective and subjected to my perspective and my prejudices and the rest of it. That's a, that's a wisdom right there mm. to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Let's strive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's strive. So, I'm no, sorry. No, no, go no. ahead. Go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Keep I'm going. just, it, the energy just flowing, right? Because you don't know somebody's story. So a person may have, you know, a particular complexion. And if you let your historic perception inform that, you may miss a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really a nuanced type of way of, of being in the world. And that's all I'll say about okay, that. Okay. <laughs> so there's like 30, so it's like not 40 yet, but we, we up there like mid 30 episodes of the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance show, I'm correct. Yeah. If I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show is taking a hiatus, but when will you expect the show to be back? Well, let's uh, put a date on the calendar and we'll let everybody know. Okay. Yeah. All right. All I'm, right. 
we need to get back to the show because I'm uh, in the process of writing some books. I have two books on the laptop and they racing against each other (laughs) (laughs) as well as the series of community um, uh, events and gatherings that I'm putting on. So, and you know, I just want to share knowledge and skills that's helped me uh, in my life and see if, but we can help some other people too. So we'll get to the books, but let's definitely get into the event that you're actually uh, hosting. Mm -hmm. You're throwing in about a week, Mm -hmm. a week or two. Oh my God. Is it that quick? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Spirituality and money. Dun, dun, dun. What a great, what a great title. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go together and we don't even know it. Like you can't, you can't have one without the other. Right. You understand? So. With that being said, uh, just explain to the people real quick, like, what is the event? What can they look to get from it? Okay, so spirituality and money, right? The whole reason that the event came about is because uh, a couple of about a couple of years ago, uh, I was listening to Steve Harvey in the morning. It's been a while. I haven't listened to that show in the morning in a long time. But on one of his uh, shows, he was helping the sister who has um, wellness retreats in Martha's Vineyard. Okay. And she um, is a very, you know, natural, you know, sister, holistic sister. And so uh, he was asked on his show, uh, wow, Steve, this woman has such a great product and service. How come more people don't know about her or didn't know about her before you, you know, started blowing her up? And his response was, these are spiritual people. They ain't got no money. Mm. And was that it a joke? Thing, Steve no, Harvey. No, he was not okay. joking. Okay. He is, you know, a jokester, and I really care for Steve Harvey. I'm not, this ain't no bash, you know, on Steve Harvey. But just that comment rang like a bell in my spirit because that's the prevailing perspective or perception that people who are spiritual, yogis, uh, that follow traditional African spiritual practices, you know, that give their lives a certain way, that they are living in a a seriously spiritual sense, not religious, but a spiritual sense that they are impoverished and that they, you know, don't have uh, good intellect around finances and money. And so this was, it just rang like a spirit, uh, like a bell in my spirit. And it kind of stayed with me all these years, that comment that he made. Uh, And also in the major spiritual or religious doctrines, it talks about giving all your wealth over to Christ and to, you know, the spiritual figurehead. And you should, you know, not do things and the love of money is evil and uh, the root of money is all evil and all these kind of things that have got people's minds twisted around. Uh, in a way that is not supporting of about how they uh, should go about attracting and uh, connecting with money and financial resources. So the spirituality and money is a no holds barred. Let's talk about it. We need money. We ain't playing. Knock mm-hmm. it off. You know, if you out here in the world, you need money. And some of the topics that we're going to cover is understanding that money is energy. It's energy. What do the financial institutions call money? They call it currency. Okay. Right? Like a current of energy going through the wires that when you flip that switch, the light comes on. Currency. Right? So they say it's currency. So money is energy. There's a a vibration. 
to attracting financial wealth into your life. And we're going to uh, talk about that. We're going to talk about spirit-centered entrepreneurship. There's this whole move now by the larger community uh, in the United States, a growing groundswell of Zen entrepreneurs. And I'm using quotation marks for y'all out there in the potty Mm -hmm. world. People who uh, are trying to conduct business from a heart-centered space, not just a capitalistic space. I care about my consumer, my customer, and so let's have a fair and even exchange. But it's an exchange nonetheless. I'll give you a service, a quality service, good or product, and you give me some financial resources, right? And that's spirit-centered, heart-centered entrepreneurship and increasing your magnetism, you know, and attraction capability, right? We're going to show you some techniques that you can use to help vibrate stronger and higher. Right. We sit here and we think, oh, these people that's got all this money, you know, it's dastardly to be wealthy. That is not the image that we want to portray. Mm -hmm. You want to be. Why can't you be ridiculously wealthy, kind, caring and giving? In fact, all of the wealthy people that I know, and I'm talking multimillionaires, their hearts are big as all outdoors. They just are not devoid of understanding how money works and using it for their lifestyle and to care for people around them and so on. And we also have other speakers that will be at the event, Spirituality and Money. Uh, Sister Netfa, Simply Netfa, is going to talk about color and how colors, wearing certain colors, attract certain vibrations. Then we have Sister Simbita of Chi Muse, uh, the Chi Muse. She's going to talk about using crystals and how to place crystals in your space and on your body to, again, in, uh, improve and uh, increase your vibrational energy so that you can attract more to you. So without giving away too much of what's to come, I heard you just mention colors. Mm-hmm. Colors, um, they mean something. Right. Go against your favorite color. So let's just say somebody's favorite color is all black. Mm-hmm. Black has just always been known to be like a Debbie Downer of a color, not mm-hmm. necessarily a success. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in the black, right? Being in the black, yeah. as far as that's kind of positive. So let's just say somebody goes against their favorite color. Their favorite color is black. Mm -hmm. Is that an attraction of money? Or is just like, like what I'm saying is, should you go against your favorite color? Like I like to wear, not saying me personally, Mm -hmm. but somebody likes to wear all black. Yeah. That's their thing. Is that what, would that kind of hinder them from? Okay. So, so again, not wanting to give anything away because now we're, this spirituality and money is really a paradigm shift, okay. right? It really is what I have to, what I like to call drip technology, mm-hmm. right? Because we are taught to think about these things in a certain way. So if a person wants to wear all black and that's what they're resonating with, black in itself is not bad. Mm-hmm. The colors red is not bad, but every color has a vibration. Right. So you can wear black if that's what you want to wear, but you just need to understand what that what vibration is. It okay, that's you gotta, right. You got to understand what comes that's with right. wearing that color. That's right. And the lighter colors open the energy. The darker colors subdue the energy. Okay. And that will be discussed uh, more. Okay. Uh, at the uh, at the event. As you were talking about your event, I got to thinking about um, a lot of times, a lot of kids, a lot of people, adults. Mm-hmm. They grew up in poverty and they grew up in our lovely town of Trenton, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So they don't know how to think outside of it Mm -hmm. to where, you know, we're we're just going to get older, become 18, 
get a mm-hmm. job somewhere and get one of these houses in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So they're not even really thinking about wealth. Mm-hmm. They're not really thinking about how to get, unless you're a rapper or athlete. Other right. than that, they don't really know how to, that there's actually something else out there for them. Mm-hmm. So in a sense to where, because I was just thinking um, a while ago, as long as you're in poverty, as long as you're just going from wherever you're going to where you're going, you're never going to be able to see outside. And the only thing people do tell you is, well, behind every fortune is a crime. Right. They basically put negativity around somebody rich where you had to do right. something bad to get that money. Right. So I definitely, definitely like what you got going on there. And it just gives a different perspective and for people to open up their minds because we really don't know. And I say we, because I was a part of that tribe. I was a part of that. And I'm not still mm-hmm. in it, but there's people who look like me that have no idea how to think big, right? how to dream. And that right. there's something else out there for them besides the projects, besides the job that they have. And I'm not going to mention it, but we talked about it before we aired. Yeah. Those are one of the reasons why I do what I do. Sure, sure, sure. You know, like, if you keep, if you wake up and you keep doing the same exact thing to no result, then that's on you. Yeah. Don't be afraid to jump out the window. That's right. Not literally. That's right. But don't be afraid to take a chance on yourself and believe, manifest, Mm -hmm. that you can Mm -hmm. achieve. You don't have to know how. Yeah. But believe that you can be as successful as you work. That's right. So, yeah, I'm definitely on that path. I've, I've, I'm 36 and a lot of things are hitting me now mm-hmm. that I, I guess if it came past me, I probably would have been like, nah, yeah. no, I have to do this. I have to do that. But I can't do anything because I have bills. I have children. I have this. And that's how we defeat ourselves by saying we can't because of our circumstances. But that's not true. Yeah. Well, so, the great the great trick. I'm sorry, you no. you finish here. The great trick of uh, the powers that be. Let's just use that terminology. Is to convince the masses that wealth is um, evil mm-hmm. and wealth is dirty and wealth is um, you know you, there must be some great crime behind you know you becoming wealthy and successful. And it's even still happening now where you know all this outing is going on of the one percent. You know, of the 1%, they're so ruthless, they, you know, are so vile and, and this kind of thing. Honestly, I have to stand here and say, or sit here and say, I'm not mad at wealthy people. I've been around wealthy people my entire life. You know, there's a vibration there, you know. And it there are people that have done some dastardly things to, to, uh, to attain and amass their wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are in a naive space. This country of ours was designed for capitalism right it is designed for business if you have a business in this country you are better off than going to a job every single day that's just how the united states is designed and the trick is for the masses to stay sleep to that understanding, to stay, you know, complacent and to only feel like, oh, I can only do this or I can only work here or I can only do, the, you know, so little or I'm just scraping by and all this kind of thing. That while people are thinking like that and flowing in that vibration, the wealthier just keep getting wealthier and wealthier and wealthier until the point that there is no middle class. And you want to know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. If you actually sat down with a wealthy person yeah their speech would be a few words 
Just get up and do it. Yep. That's all those tell you. Yep. You gotta you gotta do it. Yep. And you would just be like, well, how? How much more plainer can I tell you? Yep. But we get into the situation, like I say, kids come soon. Yep. We got bills. Yep. You're making just enough. You and insurance, insurance is yeah. expensive. You know, how are you gonna pay for doctor mm-hmm. appointments and doctor visits and mm-hmm. prescriptions? So you're defeated before you even attempt because you just told yourself you're not going to be able to afford any of that. Mm-hmm. But just, and let's just say you can't. Mm-hmm. The end result, mm-hmm. if you do your best and never give up, you can be as part of that 1%. That's right. Or at least never, close to it. Or close to it. That's and you right. you never have to worry about those bills again. Mm-hmm. Breaking the, I'm trying to, um, I don't want to say family curse. I don't mm-hmm. want to say that. But just... You know, changing changing things for the better for your family is not easy. That's right. No, it's not. Just by saying, "Hey, I'm going to be the different. I'm I'm going to be the change my family needs." Mm. That is some of the hardest decisions that you're going to have to make because you got to stand in that. There's going to be times to where you really want to give up. Months may take years, mm-hmm. where it's just you crying. Mm-hmm. But just like we talked about earlier, life is good. Right. I'm going to cry alone, <laughs> and I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna have conversations, and I'm gonna want to tap out, and but I'm gonna keep going, mm-hmm. and you'll finally get there. But yeah. it's just that thought of I can do this. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, your points are so uh, spot on because you know. It is very challenging to go against the grain, right? To to change, uh, it may not be um, family curse, may not be the the term you want to use, but it is bloodline, um, you know, bloodline curses. I definitely, I definitely family want to use curses, family curses, sure. but but it's that thing that it's like yeah. you're breaking generational. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, but you know, there's there's just a pattern. That, yeah, and you just go, like it's generational wealth, it's generational poverty. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's not what I was looking for, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. We might as well go to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, everybody can Google the vernacular. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the reality of it is that's also why it's important to align with like-minded individuals. Because really, it only takes a team of two. It just takes a tribe of two. There's a couple that I know um, who started a, a subscription box business, right? They started this box business uh, eight years ago, uh, and the Cummings family. Mm-hmm. And um, eight years ago, they gave a, recently they gave a webinar, so it's public information what I'm sharing here. It's not anything, um, any um, cloaked secret. But eight years ago, they started the subscription box business. I remember when they started it. Both of them worked for the state. They weren't in really high, exalted $200,000 a year positions at the state. They talk about how they just struggled to make ends meet. You know, they had to pay all the babysitting and buy a home and everything that goes with living uh, as a young family in the United States, right? They, the, the sister got the idea to start a hair box business. They started that subscription box business eight years ago with $1,500. They are now $6 million a year business. Mm. The two of them talk about how, you know, they had to work their full-time job and come home at night and on the weekends and they just hustled it out and they held each other down and they cried together and they fought together and they are now a multimillionaire family. You only need you and somebody else. And sometimes if it ain't nobody else, it's just got to be you. You just got to stand in what you know God has placed in your spirit. 
you know. Uh, several years ago in a meditation, the idea came, the, the message came to me that every family gets someone who is going to change the course of their family. That's God's mercy. Every family gets someone who just is going to do something that's going to alter the course of that family on its track to back towards homostasis or good and vibrant and, and prosperity. And that person is usually the standout. Sometimes and often nowadays uh, in, in today's society, the person could appear to be a criminal sort mm-hmm. because you can't make them mind Right. They just got all this energy and these ideas and society is not set up for the black man to be outside of the box. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, that person that's in your family, that's really trying to do something different. They may appear to be going against the grain, but they have a message deposited in them that God is telling them, do this thing. And it's going to change generation, 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 generation. You'll see the fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. You got to stay on it. Got to stay on it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> spirituality and money. Come on here now. So when is the event again and where is it? So spirituality and money is going to be uh, at uh, supporting black-owned businesses. Uh, Mama Atiaola's Spirit First Food in Philadelphia. It's a raw vegan cafe. Uh, she's a stalwart of that community, and we're going to hold our event in her cafe on uh, Sunday, September the 29th. It's from 2 to 6. We'll have a marketplace and networking. I don't want to say vendors, but that's what, you know, is yeah. people be vendors. But is the vending is going to be done very differently because the vendors who are attending the event are business people. Spirituality and money is, a, is speaking to business people as well as, you know, the person who wants to understand how to use spiritual tenets to uh, increase their financial wealth. So the marketplace, everyone who's in the room will have a chance to pitch what they are offering. And everyone in the room will be encouraged to spend a dollar with somebody in that room. So we're going to do it so that it would try to create, you know, this monetary, this money vibrational energy where everyone in the room will have some dollars passing through their hand who are the vendors and that kind of thing. Sounds like one dope idea. Yeah. And it's the start of something beautiful. Thank you. There, flaw. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to keep it rolling. You know, we got to um, do what we can to show people there's a different way to do these things, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, not, so not only do you have a podcast that's slamming mm-hmm. an event that I think is going to change a lot of lives, you've also written a book or two. Mm, couple. Couple. <laughs> like it's nothing. You know, one of those books is called uh, Mastering a Joyful Life, mm-hmm. which you wrote in 2010, but you're in the process of reprinting mm-hmm. uh, the book. Chapters such as, uh, chapters such as, Know Your Power and Embrace Your Light and Our Deepest Fear mm-hmm. are in the book. It's stuff like that that'll get you hooked. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that, you know, we all carry around with us is some sort of fear Mm -hmm. trying to overcome that fear that's right and not knowing that hey you conquering that fear it's like let's just say you had 10 negative vices and fear was one of them Mm -hmm. the the defeat of fear alone might get you five points and all of the other uh uh negative debbie down is just like one point a piece right but fear alone Mm -hmm. 
will get you out of there. Oh, yeah. Because, once again, just like we just talked about, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. You want to take that jump to become an entrepreneur, to become successful, to break the family uh, tradition. That's right. But you're afraid. That's right. A little bit of fear and a little bit of doubt. And then that little head, that little voice in your head say, no, you can't do it. You got bills. You got kids. Mm -hmm. Who's going to, you know, who's going to hold hold this down while you Mm -hmm. go attempt to be successful? Mm -hmm. So it's stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the um, uh, tapping, uh, mastering a joyful life, tap, uh, this volume is tapping the power within. Okay. And I just wanted to share a little excerpt from uh, the chapter, Move from Deficit Model Thinking into Prosperity. Okay. Are you in the mode of deficit thinking? Are you allowing your circumstances to determine your life's outcome? Are you functioning from fear? Please realize that you were put here to make manifest a glorious and prosperous life. You are designed to succeed. Everything around you, once you change your vibrational energy, is cheering for you to succeed. You already have the permission to create a life that will show off your connection and your relationship to the higher consciousness in life we call God. And that is moving from deficit model thinking into prosperity. That is a book, my friends, I think most of us would definitely uh, uh, need to read, (laughs) want to read. And a lot of us don't even know that we might need that type of information. A lot of information that I've bumped into by accident and it kind of like just resonates with me. And fear is one of those things. And just not really knowing that you're already... You're fine the way you are. Mm-hmm. You just have to believe that yourself. And if you like what Mama Yoga just read on September 20th, the book will be up on MamaYogaWellness.com and the Amazon link will be attached. We're going to reprint this. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be available again September 20th mm-hmm. because this book was released in September 2010, my fault, in 2010. Mm-hmm. But it's a timeless book. Mm-hmm. Pick it up now. Five years from now, 10 years from now, it's going to resonate the same. The pre, pre-order link is on uh, MamaYogaWellness.com. So you can um, pre-order this book uh, right now. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't have to wait till the 20th. The 20th is going to go live on Amazon. Okay. But you can go to Mama Yoga Wellness right now. We have, um, you know, several, lots of uh, copies that we can share with people. Uh, and then we're going to reprint uh, by the 20th. For, for Amazon. And this mm-hmm. is called Mastering a Joyful Life, Volume 3. Yeah, Volume 3. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, something I want to talk about, though, Mama Yoga. Mm-hmm. As a 36-year-old man. I can't believe you're that old, Flo. Wow. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I've always accidentally, mm-hmm. not knowingly, carried myself older than... Yeah. I've always been, so no matter what age I told people, I was always like, you're just that old now that I'm 36. is huh? You're that old? Mm-hmm. So when I was young, I've always carried myself or looked older than I was. Now, I can't believe you're 36. Yeah, I'm almost 40. <laughs> I'm almost 40. I've gotten to the point where before in my life, I was really like ordering large pies of pizza and two mm-hmm. liter sodas, and that was dinner. Mm-hmm. I never lost my figure. Mm. <laughs> then I get to an age to where no matter how hard I work out, no matter how hard I run, mm. it's still a lot of stubborn fat mm. 
mm. that likes to uh, keep itself company on my body. Yeah. But before the show started, we were talking about um, changing your diet mm-hmm. at the age of 35. Mm-hmm. And I said, Mama, you'll save it for the show. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Let's go. Talk to us about why it's important to change your diet at the age of 35. Well, at the age of 35, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, 35 is when the body's hormonal um, panel begins to change, okay. right? Uh, you, you're at, we are as human uh, beings at our highest, most um, th- uh, vital capacity from, you know, 18 or from uh, childhood up to about, 2930. And once you get into your 30s after having children, after taking a job, adulting they say. Yeah. Uh then your hormonal panel begins to drop, right? So by the time the average person is 35 years old, they have probably 45% less hormone that is testosterone and estrogen uh and all of the other, you know, hormones that keep you vital and strong and youthful. They begin to drop 40. By the time you're in your 50s, you have about 50% or 60% less Mm. hormones. By the time you hit your 70s and 80s, they can't find a swath on the dang (laughs) old test. They like, what? There's no nothing printed out. I'm sorry. (laughs) Was there anything ever there? Right, right. And in your mind, you know, you do remember that, which leads to a lot of uh, other, you know, things that we could talk about later on in the show. But... So 35 is really that magical turning of, you know, a loss of vitality and strength and vigor. So before then, if you can, most people don't, because I remember ordering whole pizzas, too. Mm -hmm. I remember partying in these streets at Trenton uh, and New York and Philly till two o'clock, three o'clock, go somewhere and eat, eat a cheesesteak, a cheesesteak, mama, Mm -hmm. yoga. There was what was this in the dinosaur era? <laughs> it was in the ancient Egyptian time. Right now that you mention it, when were you eating a cheesesteak? I know, cheese steak? right? Come on here now. Shoot, I want one. <laughs> cheesesteak four o'clock in the morning. Drink down a sprite and get in the bed. Get up for work. Be to work at nine o'clock and be running. You know, good to go. <sighs> Boy, those was the, those days are long gone. So about 30, 35, you want to begin to look at your diet and make some changes. And you want to eat for longevity, not mm-hmm. just for pleasure. And that is where we go wrong in our society, right? That is me. I eat for pleasure. Yeah. Eating for pleasure is problematic, right? So not to cut you I off. Mean, just for pleasure. Not to cut you off, but while mm-hmm. we're here, mm-hmm. fear. Right. When I get hungry, mm-hmm. my biggest fear is... Eating for longevity, mm-hmm. I fear I won't get full or I won't be satisfied. So when I'm eating at the proper times where I don't get hungry to where I can control it, mm-hmm. I'm doing good. But if I'm having like an off day mm-hmm. and I get real hungry, I go for the kill in, in a sense because what I need right now is total satisfaction. Action. Right. So... But it's that moment to where it's, it's that weak moment. I can do good once again if I pace myself, if I eat breakfast when I'm supposed to, lunch, snack. I, yeah. I'll do good. But if I'm having an off day, yeah, I get into that mode to where I need the entire pie, some mm-hmm. wings. Yeah. My eyes are bigger than my belly. Yeah, yeah. Type, type of sense. So. Yeah. So when, when you say if you eat for longevity, share with me what you mean by that. 
for longevity. Mm-hmm. When I eat for longevity, mm-hmm. I'll go to the grocery store and I buy chicken, broccoli, and I'll, uh, I'll, I also have my ingredients for my smoothies, mm-hmm. have my protein shakes, have my vitamins, I have everything set up to where I have my oatmeal. Mm-hmm. But if it's off day, I won't touch that oatmeal. Right. I won't touch the ch- the chicken and broccoli because what's happening for me is I want to be satisfied. Yeah. Now, if I woke up and had my oatmeal before I starved myself, mm-hmm. ate my oatmeal before my stomach starts talking to me, mm-hmm. I got fuel, I got carbs, I got energy. Now, mm-hmm. I'm able to snack on whatever it is, peanuts or something. Then I can eat uh, lunch, which is healthy lunch. It's kind of like working out. Mm-hmm. I like working out in the morning because it sets my day off right. Yeah. When I leave the gym, chances are of me actually messing that up with a bad meal is slim because slim. I've already started off correctly. Mm-hmm. If I don't go to the gym in the morning, and like I say, my timing is off, there's a chance that I just might go get a bunch of chicken right. and sit around and eat it. Stuff like that. So. Yeah. Okay. So I, I get that. Um, and everybody has, has uh, that experience that you have. Mm-hmm. The one thing I want to say is... Um, Eating for longevity, it doesn't mean starving yourself, right? It doesn't mean just eating a bowl of leaves and you're supposed to be satisfied or satiated by that, right? The the person needs fat, Mm -hmm. proteins. They need the macros. We need the macros in our diet, in our, you know, in our uh, dietary plan. You need to have them. The other thing that is very prevalent that people don't realize is that um, we have, especially in this society, many people have a lot of parasites in their intestinal tract. And the parasites are calling the shots. The parasites produce the cravings. Mm. The parasites are like, you know, what happens? And this is anybody can go and do your Googles. Y'all still say that? <laughs> I don't think anybody ever said that. <laughs> you did. You used to say that. I Y'all go back it. to episode one once. through yeah. 40. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you uh, you can Google the information that I'm sharing with you now. The parasites uh, lodge into your intestinal tract, and then they form um, uh, neuron receptors in your brain that take over your satiety, your sati- uh, your uh, your dietary uh, satisfaction. And so, when the uh, parasites feel that what they need to survive is decreasing, they will trigger a neuro- neurological message to your brain to say, you need more donuts, you mm. need more coffee, you need more soda, you need more pizza, you need more fried chicken. These are the parasites calling the shots. These little bugs in our intestinal tract have got, taken over your brain. I think I got parasites. Uh, the other week, we had some blue Hawaiian punch in the refrigerator. Oh, no. So I took, I know, I know, I know. Yes. I knew it before I even drank it. Yes. I said, man, it's there. Yes. Let me get some. And you got to take the little paper cups. It's like this big. Mm-hmm. Poured me a full cup, mm-hmm. and I drank it. Mm-hmm. And I immediately said that wasn't enough. Basically, I poured about four cups. Yeah. Because I kept telling myself it's over that quick. Yeah. I need more. Yeah. I need more. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, this society, we're, we are conditioned to be junkies, you know, and we're turning our bodies over to the sugar, sugar. Uh, to the parasites. And the only uh, nutrient that grows cancer in the body is sugar. Mm. Cancer 
grows off of sugar in the body. This is not something I'm making up. You can do your research. All of the prominent um, healthcare, NIH, National Institute of Health, Pew Research, all of these great think tanks have proven that sugars are what grow uh, cancer cells in the body. So what we can understand uh, through you know, our dietary protocol is oftentimes the cravings are not our own cravings, that, but they are the creatures that are living in your digestion. Mm. Even on the uh, Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance show, I have a talk about um, the bugs in your belly. Yeah. You know, we covered this uh, in that particular podcast, and I think it was two or three episodes where we talk about the digestive tract and the parasites that through um, the foods and through the breakdown of the digestive tract, the parasites that grow and demand that you, when their stuff, when their supply, what they need to live and to flourish in your gut begins to drop, they send a message to your brain and your brain says, oh, you need more donuts. First off, it's Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I had planned on ordering me a pie right. tonight right. because I really, I'm really starting my uh, training program, my new training program, a new diet tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, of course, what you say to yourself? Right. One more night. One more night. That's instead right. Of, instead of just saying, you know what, right now it's over, you tell yourself, right. one more night. Right. But the way you're talking. Yeah. Go on and have yeah. that pie. Okay. Enjoy okay. that pie. All right. Listen. Because t- tomorrow it definitely gets real. Yeah, because everybody out there, listen, we all, I like pizza too. In fact, I had a slice of pizza yesterday. Come on here now. Well, I'm talking but about what I'm slices. Saying- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going there. Well, you know, I'm much more older than 35, so I got to be, you got to titrate. You know, you got to mm-hmm. regulate this stuff. But anyway, it's not, everything is not parasitically driven. But that is a large portion of it. I'll give you a case in point. Uh, The woman's retreat, um, there's some girlfriends and I, um, business owners, we sponsored several retreats to Puerto Rico. Every two years we put on a retreat before the big uh, hurricane came through there, right? So the last one was about a year before the big hurricane. And we had sisters come from all over the country to this retreat, sisters from all walks of life. Not everybody was a vegan, vegetarian. In fact, most of the people that came were not. So we were at the retreat. It was seven days. It was lovely. Uh, the sister Sky, shout out to Sky Juice. She um, made all of the food. All of the food was vegan. It was raw. It was wonderful, right? So the sisters that came, they wanted to go to in town and go to Walmart and all these places, and they bought whatever it is that they wanted to buy, including you know uh, adult beverages and everything. At the end of the retreat, we're cleaning out of the refrigerators of the, uh, of the apartments that the women stayed in. And there was all these cakes and cookies and pies that they didn't eat. Okay. Because the food that they were eating, coconut, raw coconut juice every day, good, healthy, vegetarian, it was satiating them to the point that they didn't have those sugary cravings. And there was like two shopping bags full of cookies, cakes, and pies. Now all the wine was gone. (laughs) (laughs) But they were not eating the Snickers and the Ho-Hos and the rest of the stuff that they bought. And it it was down to the diet that they were getting. So it's not just a case of, 
parasites, it's a case of is the body being nurtured? Is right. the body given being given the proper nutritional level that satiates the hunger? You know, and so that's what we want people to understand. So when you're 35, because we started about talking about yeah. eating, you know, for when you get uh, older and your hormonal pro- profile drops. When you're 35 and older, you want to begin to try to eat not just for pleasure, but with an idea that you're going to need this body for your, all your days on the earth. Mm-hmm. And either you pay to take care of your body now. Or you pay the pharmaceutical industrial complex later, later, mm. and maybe sooner than later. Mm. One way you're going to pay, either you're taking all of these addictive and erosive medications and you know medical procedures that completely end up destroying the body, or you say, you know what, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to eat well, I have my day where I'm eating for pleasure, I get my pizza and a two liter soda, and after a while you found out that you can't even make it through the whole pizza and half the soda, you're like, oh my God, this is so gross, or this is too much or it's too heavy, you don't like that feeling. Eating for, uh, for longevity is really key to being uh, older and in good health and vitality. And that's what you want. I worked uh, for so many years, seven or eight years on the oncology unit at one of the most prestigious hospitals in the country. And the oncologist, this was, oh, maybe 25 years ago. The oncologist would come into the nurse's station and say, oh, my goodness, you know, the cure for cancer is worse than the disease. (laughs) So they know. Do you realize that the third leading cause of death in the United States is properly prescribed medication. Wow. That's the third leading cause of all deaths in the United because States. Because of the side effects? Or? Because of the toxicity of the chemicals okay. and because of the side effects. Mm. But it's properly prescribed. Not that they made an error in dosing. People are taking the medicine in the right way that they're supposed to take it. Over time, your body is so toxic that your spirit can't live in it anymore. So you want to just, if you know, even if just that brings you to the understanding of like, look, let me do what I can. Let me eat. Yes, I want to have that burger or those fries, but not seven days a week or three days a week or whatever. So about the medicine, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you have to pick your poison, I guess. Yeah. Because they tell you, hey, this is going to help you with this, but the side effects are that. Right. You just got to go. That's what happens when you just go for it. Like, yeah. I need that help. I don't care about the side effects. Yeah. I need this to fix that. Right. So that's what we're talking about. So we, you, if you need medication, you have to take medication. You right. know, I'm not advocating that people go and pour all this stuff down the mm-hmm. toilet or whatever. If you need medication, take medication. But there is a pharmacy... F-A-R-M-A-C-Y, that God put on this planet, you know. And, you know, the the uh, pharmaceutical industrial complex, the pharmacy, P-H-A-R-M-A-C-Y, is doing every single thing it can to try to remove the use of herbs and, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables and foods that bring vitality to the body. So if you need medications, your illnesses have gotten to the point where you're chronically ill, uh, do what you need to do, but then find out what bushes you can use. 
This is the thing about Dr. Sebi, you know. I don't agree with all Dr. Sebi's teaching. I don't know if y'all heard of Dr. Sebi. Many out there listening to the podcast brothers probably have. But I champion Dr. Sebi, you know, even though I don't agree with everything that they said, that you shouldn't eat broccoli and carrots and all this kind of thing. He said you should not eat broccoli? That's right, or carrots, because they say that those foods are hybrid. But the reality of it is, is all the foods have been high. Lettuce, in its natural state, we wouldn't be able to eat it. Or its most original state, I should say. Okay. Right? The way, because um, leafy greens have a chemical in them known as oxalic, or oxalic acid. Okay. And that will get into your joints and cause what we, uh, uh, what we know as arthritis and call all, cause all these free radicals and damage. So biochemical uh, companies and biopharma companies go in and they... You know, they create, or bioagricultural, I should say, go in and they create a food that we can eat and digest. So I don't agree that you shouldn't eat those, but I totally, totally support his point that you have to make sure the body is in a balanced state, more alkaline than acidic. And that you should eat, um, if you put the body in a state where you're eating more fruits, vegetables, um, and less mucus causing foods, the body will begin to heal itself. Okay. Right. So basically it's a balance, but it's also the more you work out, the more mm. healthy you eat, the better chance you get. That's right. Like That's the bottom line. It's okay to have yeah. your uh your cheat days, your pizza, yeah. whatever you want to eat. Yeah. As long as you're doing more of the fruits and vegetables, you're working out four to five, yeah. maybe six days, instead of, well, I'm going to the gym twice, but there's seven days in a week. Right. You're not going to see the results. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. It's better. And then I want to just make a, one other point about the body, right? And especially as we get older. Mm-hmm. That tire around your belly, let's talk about that. Oh, my goodness. So the science is, you know, science has some very good uh, good. Uh, things that we should listen to and tenets that we should follow. Uh, we're not anti-science, you know. We're just anti-evil. Okay, That's absolutely. <laughs> you know, so your belly, right? When you see people with these huge bellies, right? Big, everything is the circumference is that, you know, really, really big girth, right? This is concerning to the medical community because their uh their ratio of your girth size to your heart and heart disease and the potential for cardiac arrest is very high when you have a huge belly mm. and the reason being is that fat is stored on our bodies for times of famine fat is supposed to be fuel okay. for the body so when there's a famine your body will burn the excess fat to keep you going Let's look at our ancestors on the Serengeti. For for months, they you know how hard it is to catch a gazelle. <laughs> they don't go. They don't have no food. They eating berries and chewing roots and everything. No food. So the body will burn fat to keep them sustained. It's the same uh, anthropological human structure that we've had for millions of years. It has not changed, right? At least hundreds of thousands of years. Some people say we're not millions of years old, but whatever. So, in this society of frankenfoods, where the foods are created and not natural foods, the body doesn't know what 
it is that we're ingesting. Okay. It looks like an apple, but really it's a fish that's been spliced with a tomato that has a little apple germ in it, and then now they can produce a plastic apple for you to eat. Mm. You eat the apple. Your body says, I can't recognize this. This is nowhere in the human DNA profile in the earth's soil. What is this? It's plastic. Let's store it away. Where does it store it? It wraps it in a pocket of fat. Come on here, y'all stay with me. So over time of eating and drinking Franken foods, the body then creates a pocket of fat all around the abdomen and the lower parts of the body. On top of the abdomen is a sheath or storage unit on the body called the omentum sheath. The omentum sheath. This omentum sheath is where all your fat is stored for when there's no food to be found anywhere. So you're eating every day, but because the body doesn't recognize what you're eating as true and organic, natural uh, substances, it thinks it's plastic, so it wraps it in the uh, fat and stuffs it in the omentum sheath. So when you see someone with a huge girth, you can see this in women, but uh, the clearest image is a guy with a big beer belly, right? That's not his stomach. Most people's stomach is the size of their fist and a little bigger. And then when you eat, it expands out and then it goes back to normal size if you let your body digest properly. So the big beer belly is his omentum sheath all filled up with fat. That definitely makes sense because if you actually know the body, the stomach is about, uh, you know, but so big. Yep. But when you see somebody who's, who's actual, their body in that area is like humongous. Huge. Yep. Like you... What are we really thinking? We yep. don't really put those two together. Because, you, like you said, like you think about it, the, the, the actual stomach is about the size of a hand or a fist or something. Yep. That's, that's crazy. Yep. Yeah. And that omentum sheath. So a big, full omentum sheath like that with no burn off because famine ain't coming because you're eating every day, but you're just eating stuff the body is recognizing as plastic mm. or toxic. So it walls it off. And where's it go? It gives you a butt in the front and a butt in the back. <laughs> you got this huge belly in the front and then you got your uh, your you know your gluteus in the back that's just filling up right and so if your belly is full the omentum sheath is full over time that weight laying on your internal organs prevents the heart from expanding and collapsing the way it should over time it damages the lower chambers of the heart which then damage the whole cardiopulmonary system. And over time, you go into cardiac arrest. Mm. Now, the formula, and I'm, we may be a little long-winded on this, but I'm just going to share. The formula to understand your omentum sheath and where is the average for you is your height broken down into inches and then in half. So, if you are five feet tall, that's 60 inches of height, right? Mm -hmm. Do the math. 12 times 5 is 60. Mm -hmm. That's 60 inches. Half of 60 is 30. So, the waistline around your belly button should be 30 inches. Okay. If your waistline is 30, they give you a little leeway. You know, 30, 34 inches is not too bad. But if it's... 45 inches, if it's 50 inches, you're in a lot of trouble. 
<laughs> right? So you want to make sure that that belly button, that measurement around your belly button is as close to the standard that it should be. Right. I'm five, nine. Uh, that is uh, 60 and nine. That's 70, just about 70 inches tall. So around my waistline, around my belly button, not close up around my ribs, but around my belly button should be about 35 inches. Right. It should be about 35. I'm a couple of inches off. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, to go, it ain't. I need to go test this out myself. Yeah. So you want to keep your belly. That's a good indicator of, you know, overall health. Now, do thin people have heart attacks? Of course. Yeah. You know, there's blood pressure concerns. There's other chronic illnesses. Even diabetes or can lead fat? to. Yes. Yes. And I know a few fluffy vegans. Let me just say. Right, so we're not saying that, you know, <laughs> one size fits all. You're, That's right. You're going to have your exceptions, you know. I'm saying like there's vegans who just can't lose the belly fat and there's you know skinny people who are going to have the same situation well there's vegans who have bad vegan diets they eat way too much carbs but you know what people think though yeah see they don't know that they just go well if i'm vegan i'm going to drop all this weight they don't really understand that it's not just about going vegan it's about cutting out the carbs it's a lifestyle it's a complete lifestyle change and that's a lot for some people but i'm very excited that i see the movement especially amongst our community you know all these black girl fitness groups and you know sister girl yoga groups and all this stuff i love seeing that and black men over 50 who are fit and all these brothers with their muscles i'm just clapping up and down with joy of everybody you know it seems like there's a movement I'm towards actually, fitness. I'm actually happy to see women in the gym because that was actually a thing at one yeah, time, wasn't it? It was yeah. just like you don't see enough uh, sisters in the gym. That's right. There's always been a running joke about their hair or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. But they're in the gym. But sisters is like, uh, okay, they, whatever. They we're going to fix mm-hmm. this. We're getting our money right. We're getting our waistline right. And we're we going to keep our hair fabulous too because we got that black girl magic. Speaking of that, mm. I was reading an article. Mm-hmm. Where it says that lonely black women mm. get depressed more than men. Mm. And I ran this by you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm not even going to speak for you. I'm going mm. to give the floor to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's speak on it. For those who don't know or you're just reading the headline, you can have some people go, that's not true. Men get depressed too. And they turn it into a man versus woman thing. Right. But that's not what this is saying. Right. No. So explain to the people what. We talked about via a Facebook group chat. Yeah. So the article, um, and I um, I guess we could post a link to the article so people can see it if they want. Uh, but the article talked about um, the statistics coming out that uh, black women who are lonely um, become more depressed than men who are lonely, right? And I find that to be very interesting for a number of reasons. One... Um, black women, by and large, are very family-oriented people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just very tribal. You know, I heard, um, what's his name, Michael Baisden, and I, I say this, uh, I've said this several times to some people, agreement, and other people want to, you know, troll you out, but I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have um, Dave Chappelle's, what they say, F you money, but right. I still don't care. I'm not going to be censored by these folk out here. But I heard Michael Baisden say, um, that black women should start dating whoever they want to date 
and be with whoever they want to be with because black men are doing it. Why shouldn't they? And that is a failure to realize that black women are, we are in our essence, uh, loyal and devoted to our people. We just are. And the minute that black women en masse stop desiring the black man, our race is finished. Our, our tribe of people is finished. So, you know, we, we should understand that the whole loneliness perspective uh, is multidimensional in that being a loyal uh, woman, you know, in our femininity, loyal to our church family, loyal to our community, loyal to, you know, our individual families and friends. When there's a separation in that, when there's a, uh, a uh, schism, it produces all kinds of loneliness effects in the person's mind, body, energy, space. And it actually uh, is heartbreaking for anybody, but especially women, to be separated from their family in that way or separated from a communal exchange in that way. Mm. You ever heard this saying that person died of a, a broken heart? Yeah, I've seen that. It's mm-hmm. similar to that when a person is lonely. Also, what happens amongst women, not just black women, but amongst women, is people eat their joy. Okay. For want of a male companion or relationship, that's not there. So the other avenue of pleasure is food. It's pleasing. You get a certain sensation when you eat a chocolate cake. Hallelujah. Like. Come on here Sometimes now. when I'm feeling some type of way, I mm. go to food. <laughs> yep. I think we all do. We all do, you know. Uh, but the article was about women's loneliness, you know. And so being naturally communal, you know, and congregative. That's why a lot of people in their church community, they may not like what's going on at the church all the time, but they're not going to give it up because it gives them a connectedness. Mm. We see that with what's happening with the... Um, Comfort pets. So it's kind of like no matter who you follow or what you read, you mm-hmm. take the good stuff out of it. And even though there might be some things in there you might not agree with, but I'm going to just take the positive stuff. What I mean by like the church. Yeah. Because you see that like, oh my, like you don't like somebody in the church with you. Yep. Or you don't like what the pastor might have said this week. Yeah. Or maybe half of the show. You just don't know. Yeah. But still, there was something that I got from this. That's right. A certain communal, satisfying interaction, a purposefulness. You know, and if a person is not purposeful, they don't have, you know, uh, they they are not sharing their value with people. That begins to set you up for transition, for mm-hmm. death. Really, it does. A person can. Pe- this is why. This is why. Also, in indigenous cultures, you don't separate your elders from the rest of the family. You just don't, because the elder, first of all, the elder has all this years of experience and knowledge that they have acquired that they can impart to the family. Some of it is helpful and useful. Some of it is antagonistic yeah, some <laughs> and of challenging. It, some of it is helpful. <laughs> and some, some of it is ways that just won't work today. Yeah, it we just won't work. That. But mm. you cannot separate as a human being. We are tribal. Every human being is designed to be a part of communal connection. And when you separate the elder from the family, it then sends them into a sense of purposelessness, depression, and loneliness. And then their hormonal pattern in their body begins to prepare them for death. Mm. 
That's what happens. Mm. So women being lonely and women being lonely, it appears more than men. I think the statistics may be a little skewed because by and large, man is a man is not going to share that he's lonely. Right. He going to go to the sports bar. It's like a mask to yeah. where, okay, he might have his heart broken or yep. he might feel some type of way. So he's going to go out and party That's right. to the sports bar That's or just right. put sit himself with people. That's other right. women, mm-hmm. drink, smoke, eat. And so yep. you're not actually going to see that. And also, like we talked about my 10 minutes ago, he, more than the woman, might be going to the gym. That's right. right. So now you're keeping yourself, your body right. That's right. Or you're trying to get your body right for the next girl. Oh, That's I'm right. single now. Summer's coming. I want to be on the beach with no shirt because I'm trying to get the honeys. That's right. So, yeah, there are factors that go into it. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, this, the uh, statistic may be a bit skewed, uh, but women Who will buy large. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. You don't got to look. But. Yeah, because I was about to look it up. I mean, you asked the question and, you know, an intelligent mind would try to answer it. <laughs> but uh, but uh, like I said, I think if, if you want, you can put the link in there and people can read it. But the point remains that when people are separated from their communal connection, from their tribal connection, it does create a sense of loneliness, a sense of purposelessness, uh, a lack of value. And that's why people become involved in, you know, their sororities and their you know, senior groups and on and on and on so that they can stay connected. You know, loneliness uh, is a a really a terrible thing. Uh, And that's another reason why society and psychologists have now created these comfort pets or um, there's a specific name that they call them, not comfort pets. That's that's my name I just threw out there. But it's a... um, like a service animal and you see okay. people carrying these little puppies around and these cats on a leash and all this thing that comforts cat them. Cat on a leash? Did you say cat on a yeah, leash? Yeah, I've seen people put cats on cat a leash. On I leash. had to turn my head the other way because as a cat lady, like, I'm just thing? like mortified. But <laughs> but you never know, this cat on a leash might be keeping uh, keeping that person from jumping off a bridge, you know? Yeah. Because that's what they are, you know, these comfort pets. So mm-hmm. people are lonely and when they have something to care for, Something to, you know, something or someone to be a part of that they can create and offer their their skills and their gifts. People feel uh, empowered and they feel buoyed and they feel, well, damn it, they feel loved, yeah. you know? And so that is, you know, the thing that we have to... Um, Make sure that we keep our keep our eye on. So definitely, shout out to the animals that be holding it down. Because <laughs> you know you can see the video and you can just see just how much. And uh, I guess it kind of makes sense to where you might see somebody who's going through um, change. Yeah. Because I see a lot of women. Yeah. Now are saying they love themselves. Yeah. They're going through changes. Mm-hmm. They're going through a whole spiritual change. Mm-hmm. But one thing they do have is an animal or something, yeah. a cat or a dog, or they have something mm-hmm. that shows that, you know, you love me. That's right. You came in this bed, laid next to me. That's right. Uh, you, you curled up under me. So there's so, and for those that haven't put two and two together like that, cause I didn't, but yeah. yeah so, so you need something in yeah. your journey yep. to become a better you and you don't want a partner mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. because... Oh, you can't find a partner. But is it best to look for a partner in that journey? Like, like mm. I, I think that's what a lot of the people that I follow on Instagram are doing. It's kind of like mm. the same thing. It's yeah. just like they're in a space to where they know they did wrong in their relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to... Uh, 
make so many changes within themselves. Mm-hmm. But in the process of making those changes, I need something, not necessarily mm-hmm. a person, because when you have a friend, mm-hmm. that friend can kind of interrupt. Yeah. Because there's going to be nights to where you're lonely. Yeah. And that loneliness needs might lead to sex. It might lead to something that you didn't intend on being there. Yeah. But having a cat. Yeah. <laughs> having a dog kind of soothes that loneliness. level of commitment. <laughs> while you're going through it. Because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You go from just being around somebody, always, you know, being up under somebody to not. And it's not easy. And, yeah. I don't, and people make it seem like it's easy. Yeah. But it's not. Well, I mean, the journey of inner work is really, um, it's it's a road onto itself, mm-hmm. you know, that like you say, should you look for a partner while you're in transition to becoming a better version of yourself and really working on your own stuff, you know. Uh, and I don't know if you should be looking for a partner, but many people feel they cannot face loneliness. Right, they cannot right. be alone. So they just say, okay, on to the next one. And, you know, they attract the same type of person right. most of the time, right. you know, but they're uh, a support animal. I think that's what they're called. Okay. Support, support pets. Um, it's unconditional. Like they don't know. They only know when you're having a fit in the house, they just go hide. Mm-hmm. And then they come back out when the coast is clear and get up on the couch and snuggle you and the rest of it, you know, and that gives a person a sense of purpose, you know. Um, so loneliness in this society is only going to get wider because of social media. That's a fact. And because of this era of not having contact with other human beings. Because there's nothing like going through some real stuff, mm. but you get on social media and see some fake stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. Right. But for those that are getting married, you look happy. Yeah. I, I can see yeah. the negativity in it as well. Like, I'm really not, man, I want that. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. A picture takes two seconds to take. Mm. There's still... 23 and 97 minutes or 90 there's still 23 minutes mm. 59 23 hours 59 minutes and 57 seconds right. left in the day right you made who knows that harder what that day than is. it needed to be yeah yeah i know <laughs> i was gonna get that i was gonna get that like who knows what the rest of the day is like and i and i and i can't help but look at life that way so yeah. when i see people having a good time on social media i tend to not believe them but there are some people who are envious of people having quote-unquote a great time. Yeah. And that might not be their entire day. Yeah. So you're going through something and what do you do? Let me go on social media and you just see everybody's partying. Yeah. Couples. Mm-hmm. Somebody just got married. Mm-hmm. You were about to get married and it didn't happen. Now you watching them get married triggers you. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know how all the lead the up, all the backstory got them to their marriage. Yeah. You know how many times she had to forgive, how many times he had to forgive. Was it even tough the night of, Mm -hmm. the day of? Mm -hmm. He almost called it off the day of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's it's their duty to walk down the aisle and smile. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, the the thing about the societal space that we're in now is that uh, many people who are lonely, their only outlet or their major outlet is going on social media. And it produces a great deal of anxiety. Yeah. You know, a spirit of, in the spirit of authenticity, I can't be on social media, media too much because I feel like I'm not doing enough. When I'm on social media, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this person is doing that. That person is doing this. And I'm like, wait a minute, Samu. That's the anxiety that's built up from being on a social media platform 
uh, all the time without intention and purpose as a consumer as opposed to a content creator. And so I had to like check that out in myself. I said, wait a minute, hold on here now. You know, this is that, um, that FOMA, that fear mm-hmm. of missing out or uh, some aspect of it that had me at one point questioning the, my, um, if I was doing enough in my lane, you know? Right. And I was like, wait a minute, this is some uh, psychological uh, is. shenanigans some right reason, here. For some reason, somehow, <laughs> some way, the stuff you don't need to see is the stuff you will we'll see. see. Now, yeah. you follow so many people, but, but for some reason, a select few mm-hmm. only appears. And I'll say this, and I just thought about this as you were saying it. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be, like, a five-minute rule mm. for social media. Not even that, because we don't need more than five minutes on social media. Right. Um, like, But just like a certain rule, maybe three minutes. Let's mm-hmm. go three minutes, but let me tell you why. Mm. We're recording the podcast, and it's on video, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say I post a 60-second clip of this episode. Right. It's going to be hard for somebody to actually sit and want to watch 60 seconds of this because they want to keep scrolling because everybody thinks they're missing out on something that they don't even know yeah. is on their timeline or not. Right. You're not going to sit and watch. People do watch. Yeah. Shout out to the people that watch. Shout that's, out. That's another thing that I was mm. taught to do recently is worry about the people that do. That's right. Don't worry about the people that don't. That's all you can do. There's hundreds of people that tune in and there's plenty of people that comment on our videos and our links when we when we drop. So salute to y'all. But what I'm saying to you is there's going to be so many people mm-hmm. who won't give you the time of the day because your video is longer than six seconds. Right. They want to know what's next. Yeah. What's next? So you keep scrolling. You keep scrolling. Yeah. You keep scrolling. Well, we're not talking to them. We can't talk to them. Well, the the saying, pool is too big. I'm saying for the for the rules for social media, I think right. everybody needs that so they can actually learn how to focus, focus on yeah. something. But yeah. they won't focus on nothing because they just want to know what's under that post. Yeah. What's under that post. So this yeah. is just for everyone. Yes, I do agree. Yeah. I only focus on who is there supporting me. Right. I don't care who ain't. Right. Right. It's but too I, much. But I think for a whole, for everybody, because I got caught doing it. Mm-hmm. Just be on Me social too. media, just scrolling. Like, yep. yo, get off. You consuming. And the thing about that, there's a chemical, right? We started out talking earlier about vibration, right? And you know how the, we are, in fact, a vibrational beings. Well, the scrolling on social media um, releases chemicals, the dopamine chemicals, which is the same pleasure chemical that you eat, that you get when you eat a meal that feels so good to eat mm. when you do a line of cocaine oh, when you smoke a joint when you drink some alcohol it's the same chemical complex that's being released when you are scrolling and that's why people are having a hard time of just you know monitoring their consumption because it's an addictive it's designed to be an addictive thing so, you know, we can't really, again, me, you know, I'm not saying I'm no great guru or yogi, but I got some skills. Yeah. And then I found myself saying, oh, my goodness, so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's doing that. And, oh, look at what they're doing. Girl, you're not doing enough. And then I had to go in meditation and reflection. And I said, wait a minute, Samud. Uh-uh. That is not how you're supposed to use those platforms. Because now you are consuming instead of being... um you know, a creator of content. You're being consumed. And that's not what we want to do. And one more thing. And this is just an idea I came up with. Make a list, mm-hmm. especially if you're a creator. 
Mm-hmm. Make a list of what you want to accomplish in that day. Mm-hmm. If you do it and maybe mm-hmm. a little extra, it's okay to do whatever else you want to do mm-hmm. in your spare time. That's right. But if you haven't cre- completed that project, haven't started that project, you want to learn something, but you haven't, but you're on social media, mm-hmm. yes, you, you should feel some type of way about You should judge yourself. And that's not saying that we don't do it. But if there's something that you need to that you need to do and social media is stopping you from doing it. That's right. That's something that you might need to look into. I need to look into it. I'm not saying that I'm better than nobody. That's right. Like just like here now. Mm-hmm. I'm recording this podcast. This podcast mm-hmm. is gonna be like ninety minutes long. And not one time did I go on social media. Why? Because I'm busy. Right. I'm active. Right. When I leave here, I'm gonna go to a store. I'm going to go get whatever I got to get. I'm going to edit these shows. I'm not going to go on social media. When I do go on social media, it will be to let the people know that episode 152 is coming. Yep. To promote. Mm-hmm. I might see something crazy on, on the way of doing that. Right. Because, of course, I'm going to scroll a bit. But <laughs> with my platform, mm-hmm. I'm in the process. I, I truly think that I need to be visual. Yeah. I can't have a podcast and not be on social media. Nobody's going to know of course. that it's out there. Of course. And I'm at the stage in my life where if I wasn't doing this, mm. it would be so much less of social media. Yeah. Because I know. Yeah. I know if I was younger, mm. I might be all over it. Yeah. Taking advantage of it. But just me being me, yeah. I would rather stare at a wall yeah. and stare <laughs> and scroll social media all day. Hey, and people that listen to this podcast, if you've seen me less and less on social media, there's a reason. And yeah. I encourage a lot of us to be on there less and less yeah. because there's always something on there. There's going to be something on there that's going to trigger our anxiety. It's going to trigger us to think that we're not as good as we are. Yeah. We're better than we think. That's right. Yeah, you got to be, if you're a creator, you have to be very strategic about all these platforms. You just do because you only have so many time, you, uh, so much time rather. It's finite. And if you're trying to get your message out, your product, your service, your gift and talent out there for people who can, you know, you can help with it or who could use what it is that you have, you cannot be, you know, indiscriminately scrolling for hours a day. You just can't. And, you know, it doesn't help what it is that you're trying to do. You have to be strategic, you know, mm-hmm. you just have to be strategic and you have to be very disciplined uh, and almost hawkish about uh, about what it is that you're you're offering. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that we had more topics. Yeah. But it's we we we're, indeed. we're, we're past the threshold <laughs> of time. It's time for us to get up out of here. Yeah. It's three thirty three and we came in like. 150. So mm. I've almost had you for about two hours, but of course, you know, we got to wrap it up in the beginning. I mean, we got to chop it up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said I'd get you out of here by 3 30, and it's about 3 mm. 34. Mm. So, with that being said, oh, yeah, 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 time flies when you're having great conversations. I uh, know, right? So, with that being said, Mama Yoga, um, just let the people know where they can find you at your social media handles. Tell mm. them about the event one more time and tell them anything that they would that they need to know. Also, everything Mama Yoga says right now will be in the show notes, so you can just click on the link mm-hmm. and go wherever you want to go. Absolutely. Well, I give thanks uh, for you and Fresco. Shout out to Fresco mm-hmm. J. I didn't give him a big love shout out uh, when uh, I first sat down. I, w- I would have liked to see him and hug on him, my other nephew. Uh, and so uh, shout out to you all for, for having me. I appreciate Thank you. it. And uh, I want everybody to look for the Mind, Body, Energy Imbalance podcast to reboot. Uh, we'll put the date out and we'll start um, dropping um, posts to let you know when we're going to reboot. But we have about 30 shows up now. You can go in and get all caught up. 
Uh, and um, if you want to get the book, Mastering a Joyful Life, Tapping the Power Within, you can get that on uh, mamayogawellness.com and also pre-order uh, for when it hits the Amazon platform. And uh, we have our mind, uh, a spirituality and money event. I'm calling it a spirituality and money experience uh, because it is experiential, experiential uh, and that's going to be on September 29th. Get your tickets. I didn't say. The tickets are $20 in advance. Uh, your uh, uh, vegan, vegetarian food buffet is included in the $20 ticket price. Uh, if you ever ate at Mama Atiaola's, um, uh, dinner is about $15. So, um, so $20 to get your ticket for the spirituality and money. It's going to be 30 at the door because it's 30 at the door. And um, that's going to be on September 29th. You can go to um, Eventbrite and search spirituality and money uh, and uh, get your tickets then. Or you can cash at me at Money Sign Mama Yoga for two tickets. Come on here. Bring a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like to get those tickets moved out. We have a few left. Uh, the venue is just about sold out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we want to make sure that uh, the podcast brothers, um, you know, audience can make their way through. Now, before we close, I didn't tell you this. This just happened a few weeks ago, but there was a guy mm-hmm. listening to your podcast on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he commented and said, where can I get more of this? And I sent him the link to your entire catalog on the Mama Yoga podcast. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, it, Still, even though you have not dropped the episode in a few weeks, yep. maybe a month or two, yep. there's still people, which is the power of on-demand audio. Yeah. So just because we might have did an episode uh, two, three months ago, and I'm saying that's your show, yeah. but two, three months ago, a year ago, it still resonates. Yeah. It's still powerful. And like I said, just he subscribed to our uh, YouTube page, mm-hmm. and he commented under, so I need more of this. Where can I get it from? Mm-hmm. So I sent him the link to the Mind, Body, Energy, and Balance show mm-hmm. so yeah well give thanks give thanks i Y'all, told him i tell you about it yeah well if that is that if that is nourishing come out to the spirituality and money we're gonna knock your socks off for mm-hmm. sure you're gonna live leave there with just money following you down the street mm-hmm. so this was episode 152 fresco will be back next week subscribe to the podcast brothers on apple podcast follow us on spotify tell a friend to tell a friend if you have not left us a review on apple Podcasts, do so right now thank you we appreciate it peace out peace and love after my heart attack cash from active care meant i had choices when i had cancer Cash from Active Care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is Active Care? Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out of pocket medical bills. Active Care gives you protection at an affordable price. So, get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com.
I won't conform to the status quo or be limited by tradition. That ain't me. I was born to live infamously. And that's what Cali Red Wine is about. So I sit back with this good glass of wine and appreciate everything I've become in spite of this world. Because there's nothing better than a strong, smooth taste of redemption. 19 Crimes. Cali Red Wine. The Taste of Redemption. In stores now. <laughs> 